Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a sci-fi horror role-playing game based upon the writings of H.P. Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are... Brian, as Jack Williams. Yeah, we'll get this figured out soon. Don't worry about it. Gabe, as Roy McDonough. Oi, I forgot that I gotta do a Scottish accent. And Matt, as Rocky Whiteside. If you want the extra saucy quip, it's going to cost you. Well, welcome, players. How are you? I am well. How are you? I'm here. It's early for some of us, late for others. Have we all had our pancake breakfasts? I went to Denny's and got the Grand Slam. You did not. You rolled out of bed and sat down. I slept with the headset on to save time. Don't worry. Well, there's two types of people. Matt just tried to wake up early, and I knew I couldn't, so I just stayed up. <laughs> all right, well, let's take a moment to read some letters from beyond. We're going to start off with Malkarn on Apple Podcasts in the USA. Great show. Five stars. I listen to quite a few actual play Cthulhu podcasts. In my attempt to achieve entertainment vicariously through the voices of the players, I typically wish I was younger with less responsibilities and more time. When I discovered the Lovecraft tapes, I had a sense there was something different, something familiar. The type of humor and pop references during the sessions actually made me laugh out loud. I binged the entire run over a few weeks. Today, I finally caught up and figured I'd check out your YouTube channel to see if your voices matched my imagination. Nope. To my astonishment, you're all old men. (laughs) All of you. Excuse me? That's when I realized that the familiarity, the recognizable pop references from two decades ago. I'm an old man, too. Honestly, though, you guys are great doing what you're doing. You've inspired me to find a little bit of time for the things I used to enjoy. Cheers. Chairs? No, the, the old TV show, Cheers. No, it's, he said chips. And here at uh, the Lovecraft Tapes, we take the good with the bad. So here's a bad. Arbor Barber on Apple Podcast says, More fart jokes than horror. Two stars. This show has a great GM crafting an interesting storyline, but players who are more interested in laughing at their own teenage boy humor than the story or their characters. As a result, it's hard to get immersed as a listener. Another cardinal sin, men playing a female character and making her a caricature of a bitchy, inept woman. Come on, dudes. Time to get out of the basement. Gonna cry. We're not for everybody. I would be worried if we were. Arbor Barber, we still thank you for that review because we need the good with the bad. So let's get back to the good. Patty cakes on apple podcast says where has my life gone five stars this is the first review that i've written and just let me say that this podcast is worth it honestly it's a healthy combination of wit humor and the spookiness the storylines are awesome and have motivated me to be a keeper for my wife and her friend this weekend they're gonna make it a drinking game where they take a shot on failed rolls and shotgun a beer if they fumble keep up the fantastic work guys i can't wait to hear what comes next p.s roy is my spirit animal i know what you're going through were you trying to relate to someone who's horrible? That's what I do. Yeah, but mirrors don't count. A Petty Six on Podbean says, I won't lie. I would say down with Gabe and told him quit acting like a jackass because I swear I've been a part of a group that cracks jokes and such, but know when to play serious and then me make the most annoying and stupid comments in character that does not fit the hard-boiled and top-of-the-line agent he's supposed to be. Gonna cry. Then three days later he posted, I take back my previous comment. (laughs) Roy is the funniest part of this podcast. I mean, thank you. Don't cry. And then one day later he posted... (laughs) 
And again, I say this, I take back my previous comment from Hell House. Gabe, I apologize. That was one of the best pieces of role-playing I have ever had the privilege of hearing. In one moment, it made me understand your character, and I'm so sorry I would have ever thought that you were that player. Maybe you just needed time to grow, or I needed time to see where I was. Wonderful work. I think you have to do some thinking. I'll consider forgiving you, but it's going to take some time. <laughs> need a five-page essay about why Roy is the greatest. And a blank check mailed to P.O. Box. They had me in the first half there, not going to lie. That's awesome that people actually think enough to come back and, and change that comment. One star. And finally, Hobson in the Hills on Apple Podcast says, Strange taco-related side effects. Five stars. The last product advertised on your podcast left me with a strange scaly rash in the shape of a taco fish. The rash appears in a different place in my body each day, but I believe it is getting larger. Increasingly, I feel compelled to roll around in some spices and onions and wrap myself in crispy salted cocoon and be consumed by some unknown gargantuan maw. Great podcast, guys. I listened to the whole thing in five weeks after being recommended by the good friends of Jackson Elias. Keep up the good work. Well, thanks everybody for those letters from beyond. We appreciate that. Please keep the reviews coming. This show is brought to you by the following generous fans and supporters on patreon.com slash lovecraft tapes a.e. jonesy aka grave jones alexandra kruska bifford eric setterberg gregory schmucker holden omans hoser underscore 21 jeffrey young manda mccalla marty dixon nicholas hello ravens in the attic rolling boxcars Brittany davis brownie davis Kareen, Daniel Capron, Daniel Hissey, David Winterman, Davinia Von Zerovich, Dom Driver, Eric Phillips, Eric Zane, Frank Delventhal, Jefferson Bell, Jeremy Griffith, John Imray, John May, Lobster Johnson, Malambra 57, Mitch L, Nathan Crow, Olda Polkert, Phil Dickinson, Quizzic, Shosura Aho, Snow, Wouter Vermeyen, Arissa, Chris Parker, Elizabeth Grieve, Jeff Berry, Madeline Turnipseed, Barry Robinson, Jordy Rose, Snackromancer, and our old buddy, Zachary Harley. Zach. So thank you guys. Appreciate all your support. And the fact that you contribute keeps me from making fun of your names. Fun fact. <laughs> it's the only reason. Or if you really do want that, add $5 onto your Patreon pledge <laughs> and Gabe will now mock you. Yes. There we go. New Patreon reward. Send in your selfies if you want even more, but that's $10. <laughs> Before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Parents, has this ever happened to you? But I don't want to go to bed. No, my dolly. No, my horsey. No, 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 no. Mine, 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 mine. You can't tell me what to do. You're not my real dad. You're my stepdad. Sure it has. Probably on a daily basis, right? And because we live in an age where spanking is practically outlawed, those tiny monsters continue to ruin, or run, your lives. Feel powerless? Angry? Afraid? Well, it's time to regain your sanity. Introducing Boogeyman Incorporated, the modern age way to dole out well-deserved punishment to God's little miracles in a way that won't get you arrested. How does it work? Simple. Whenever Jimmy, Jenny, or Johnny decide to act up in a way that makes you want to blow out your brains with the nearest firearm, just pick up the phone instead and dial 1-800-BOOGMAN. Now, and here's the important part, hide that phone while you're on the call, preferably sometime close to midnight while the kids are fast asleep. It can be slid under the bed or tucked into the closet with the door cracked open just the tiniest bit or even in their toy chest. 
For safety, be sure to lock their bedroom door behind you when you creep back out into the hallway. Feel free to listen with your ear pressed close to the door. After all, you paid for this. But do not, under any circumstances, open it once the screaming starts. You may be tempted, sure. It's only your natural parental instinct, after all. You're the good person in this scenario. You've already tried your best and it just didn't work. Not due to any failure on your part, no, but because you've been saddled with four-year-old ingrates who simply will not learn. Oh, but they're learning now, aren't they? The lesson goes on and on and on. Until finally, just a few short hours later, you'll hear the telltale chime of your phone, indicating it is now safe to go inside and retrieve your device. Please ignore any signs of struggle or scraps of fleshy substance that look like it may have belonged to a naughty child once upon a time. Complete payment on our convenient app, then leave the house for 24 to 48 hours. When you return, your domicile will be sparkling clean of any DNA evidence, and the application will have been automatically removed from your phone. Do not attempt to reinstall or contact us in any way. Trust us, it's better this way. Boogeyman Incorporated, for times when time out just isn't going to cut it anymore. And we're back. I gotta say, whoever is on these uh, advertising team needs to get fired. I agree. You know, that product and or service makes me think of the good old days when men were women and women were world leaders and world leaders were aliens from other solar systems and aliens were motes of strange space dust that descended on our planet back in the 1990s in order to infiltrate our popular culture that they might one day too be able to dance the Macarena. I wasn't born yet. I've only heard the stories. You must be an alien then. Kill him! Oh, number two's been activated. The number two alarm is going off. Now... Dear investigators, we begin Case 10, Praise. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. The days of island hopping adventures come to an abrupt halt for our investigators when their pursuit of Dan Williams, now occupying Rocky Arroyo's body, leads them to the Azores, 300 miles west of Lisbon, Portugal. There... They battled the forces of darkness, once again throwing a spanner into cultist activity and defeating a monstrous old god, Dagon, at least for now. Those events culminate with them being scooped up by agents of a mysterious organization called Delta Green. The hapless trio are interrogated, then transported and confined to a facility, geographical whereabouts unknown, without access to the outside world for three full months. With the aid of medical professionals, they regain their equilibrium slowly but surely. Their newly acquired bodies have become familiar now, more comfortable as they heal. Recent trauma fades as their minds rationalize the horror. They have met and interacted with the other Delta Green team members who have all welcomed them with open arms, treating them with warm sympathy and respectful awe. The investigators now realize there is probably no going back. Their past identities are most likely irretrievable, but Delta Green provides them with seemingly limitless resources with which to continue their fight against evil and promises to give their lives meaning again. Jack, your alarm goes off at precisely 7 a.m. You lay in bed for a moment, then sit up, taking stock of your mental and physical condition. You're feeling pretty dang good, better than you felt in years, in fact, maybe even decades. Over the last few months here at Delta Green, cloistered from the concerns of the outside world, you've even come close to something like happiness? It's such a faraway emotion, you're naturally distrustful, but it refuses to subside. Is this what normal people feel like? 
From the other room, the scent of fresh brew from the automatic coffee maker entices you. You'll have to check the calendar on your laptop, but you're pretty sure today's schedule is packed full of activity. Your personal living quarters consist of a two-room suite. Furnishings are modern, functional, and built to last. One room is a combo sitting area with TV, kitchenette, and breakfast bar. The larger room contains a bed, closet, bathroom, and desk. Worst holiday in ever. So I'm going to jump out of bed and grab my laptop and walk to the kitchenette. Does uh, Jack sleep in pajamas? What does he sleep in? Got boxers on. They've got little duckies on them. Every fifth or sixth duck, they're two facing each other and they're kissing. Now can I open my laptop? <laughs> you pervert. I'm going to look in my laptop and look on my schedule and see what's scheduled for today. Well, first off, what's your password? Dark side. It's all caps and the E is actually a three. Okay. So you type in your password, Darkside, and you're in your laptop. And uh, you go to your itinerary, and you see that first thing in the morning, you have breakfast with Roy and Rocky in the mess hall. At nine, you have personal training with one of the other Delta Green members. Her name is Jacqueline. She's been sort of a trainer and a mentor for you over the, these past three months. At 10 o'clock, you have a briefing with LaGrasse. She is the Delta Green handler who briefed you and interrogated you. At 11, you have science class with Bert Bertman. And then you have lunch at noon. Uh, one o'clock, you get to study, relax, socialize, play pickleball. Dinner at six. And then there's a movie tonight at eight o'clock in the mess hall. Tonight's double feature is The Three Amigos, followed by Have Rocket Will Travel. Uh, head to the shower for 15 minutes. You come out all wrinkled. He's in there singing Broadway show tunes the whole time. I'm actually going to put my workout clothes on. In the closet, your wardrobe consists of seven identical, perfectly fitted green jumpsuits, each with your first name sewn on the left breast and the Delta Green logo on the right shoulder. There are three pairs of black combat boots as your standard issue footwear. Pack my little bag up with my shoes and uh, probably some deodorant and, and stuff like that. Toothpaste and toothbrush for after the gym. Check my watch. Uh, it looks like it's almost time for uh, breakfast. Head on towards the cafeteria. Roy, you vaguely recall your alarm having gone off a few minutes ago. But what is time anyway, right? You sink back into that recurring dream where you're being interviewed by Sports Center anchor Victoria Arlen about your game-winning last-second shot at the buzzer against the Lakers. Buzzer? Buzzer! Damn! Betrayed by the snooze button again. You sit up in bed, fully awake and alert now. This past three months without any booze has definitely shaken off the cobwebs. Of course, it doesn't hurt that Declan's body was in great shape to begin with. What's on the agenda today? Breakfast with the guys, then... Oh shit, that's right. It's graduation day at the Armory. Quincy promised you a personalized weapon of your choice. You haven't felt this giddy since, well, that dream about Victoria Arlen. At any rate, time to get a move on. Roy only sleeps in socks. One black sock, one white sock. It's a life-size sock that he sleeps in. It's a socking bag, and it's the newest product from Herbert West Industries Camping Division. I'll take the blanket off of me. <laughs> then I'll sit up and put one leg on the floor, followed by the other leg. Throw on the cap and gown, and I'll have nothing under it. As I run out the door, I'll do nothing else. Roy doesn't brush teeth. His teeth are perfect. Rocky. You're feeling a little groggy this morning. The meds you took last night have worn off, and you can feel the loneliness creeping into the corners of your bedroom. Thankfully, you'll be having breakfast soon with Jack and Roy, and the mess hall is full of activity at all hours. Everyone has been so friendly here. Maybe too friendly? 
No, that's just the old Rocky Arroyo skepticism bubbling to the surface. Once you've got some food in your belly, the drugs will subside completely and you'll be able to concentrate clearly. Good thing, because your chess game this morning against Kenny in the library will require your full attention. Hi, you have the less fun one. Are you kidding me? Chess is great. Sit up and stretch. Just, you know, make sure everything's still there and still moving. Step out of bed and head into the other room. Roomba. Roomba. Sponsor us, Roomba. Hashtag not sponsored. And as I walk in, I'm going to start heading towards the coffee in the kitchen. I'm going to take a second just to kind of turn back around and make sure that everything is still there because on that back wall where the couch used to be is now several cork boards strung together where I have put up pictures and news articles and photos that I've taken and documents that I've taken from Delta Green and they're all connected via red yarn and there's this huge map about how nothing is my fault in Delta Green is behind everything from the beginning. You know, just making sure they haven't changed anything because I know that they know that I'm onto them. They know that I know that I know that they know that they know that I know that I'm onto them. So I have to check it just just to be safe. Well, go ahead and give me a spot hidden. Oh, I needed a 60 and I rolled a 76. You know, it, it looks exactly the way you left it last night. So there's been no tampering with it and you're pretty confident about that and you're, you're feeling pretty good about your progress in this investigation and uh, you feel like you're getting very close to the actual truth. Take my bed sheets that I'm not using anymore. I kind of pinned them up above the board and I'm going to just roll them down over it. So in case anybody happens to walk by, they can't tell that there's something there. Guys, he didn't notice the one thread that we changed to green over. Because you have daily maid service, you've already made arrangements. And so far, it seems that, that they've honored it. It's kind of nice. You, you've gotten the same report back from Jack and Roy that everybody here has treated you guys with much respect based on the reports from uh, the Azores that uh, all the heroes that you performed. Grab our coffee from the coffee maker that we left plugged in and set with an, a timer overnight. So when I get up, it's just sitting right there waiting for me. The mess hall does provide you with anything that you need so that you can make things in your own room. You opted for, after doing some taste tests, the house brand of coffee, and it's very good. See, what most people don't know is Kofifi actually stands for Covert Coffee. Since they're a spy organization, everything has to be, you know, on the DL. And it's actually Kofifi because they feed the beans to a little poodle and then he poops him out and that's what makes it so good yep dog's name is fifi hey good thing i'm the only one that didn't get any coffee so once some coffee and i'm done you know reading the the newspaper that they circulate which is just all sorts of propaganda and i'm just in there looking for any potential clues or hidden messages because it's a spy agency yeah you you, they had they hide messages everywhere man come on i want you to go ahead and give me another spot hidden please uh, i needed a 60 and i rolled an 18 that's a hard success you've come to realize over the course of time that that the news that you're getting, whether that is via the internet, which is really an intranet that is being filtered into the system, and the quote-unquote newspaper that is being propagated throughout the system, is at least a day old. So you know for certain at this point that the news that you're receiving is being classified. Certain things are missing that you would otherwise expect to see in the uh, news. They've done a very good job in recreating the newspaper and printing it on newsprint and delivering it to your room, but there are just certain things that you you can't quite put your finger on, but... Today, Redacted hit his 76th home run. Uh, redacted is my favorite of all the Redacted ball players. He's being traded to the new Redacted. There they are again, just modifying the news at their, their own whims. Really think they'd just unfilter it? Oh no, of course they wouldn't. Are you kidding me? They can't, they can't risk things getting in that they don't want. 
I mean, look at this place. It's squeaky clean. And that's exactly what's going to be their downfall. Oh, yes, that's, that's what the map is for. Have you not been paying attention? It's about 7.35. You're feeling a little itchy. Bed bugs. Prat rat. Guess we better get out and start the morning routine. So I'm going to very quickly get out of my pajamas, put on my standard green jumpsuit to which I've taken a Sharpie and drawn on a tie so it's a little fancier. Because you can't have a suit without a tie, even if it's a jumpsuit, and they won't give me one. So I just figured I'd, I'd make it myself. And then we're going to head out the door and start heading towards the cafeteria. Each of you makes your way to the mess hall, and the mess hall is a modern hybrid of cafeteria, lounge, social gathering place, and events hall. Meals and snacks are served 24-7, and room service is provided on requests. Lunch lady Linda can whip up almost any dish on demand, and her culinary team has a wide range of classic and ethnic preparations available. Additionally, you may acquire any necessary ingredients to cook in your own living quarters. Alcoholic beverages are strictly forbidden in the facility. Other Delta Green recruits and staff mingle here frequently when not engaged in other activities elsewhere. Every night, a different double feature is projected on one wall for movie lovers. Today's daily breakfast specials are blueberry French toast, taco fish omelets, or pork belly hash. I'm going to um, get my tray and say good morning to Linda. Now, she is an 85-year-old grandmotherly lady. She's got the cap. She's a very sweet little old lady, and she has like a sort of mischievous glint in her eye. Good morning. How you doing, Mr. Jack? How are you? I'm well. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm good. I, I got a full three hours sleep. How do you get that much sleep? Oh, practice. I plum wore myself. I scooped mashed potatoes yesterday. What do you recommend this morning? I'm preferential to the booberry myself. All right, pork belly it is. And she scoops you up some pork belly hash, and it looks like fresh, perfectly prepared, a very nice French preparation of the uh, mirepoix, and it looks delicious. You have any biscuits back there? Well, I certainly do, just down the line a little bit. You have a fantastic day. Well, you as well, honey. She gives you a wink. I give her a nudge. She gives you another wink. You give her a little bit too hard of a nudge, and she falls over. <laughs> Nudge, and you slam her full force. I am going to slide down and grab two biscuits. Should probably just walk. I don't know if the railing that the trays sit on is designed to... Wee! And then uh, Rocky, you see Jack just pulling some biscuits from a tray. Grab a tray and walk up to Linda. Ah, good morning, darling. I trust that you have my usual ready and waiting for me. Absolutely, honey. I got a guy right here. She's going to pull out a very traditional English breakfast. So it's going to be, you know, the bacon and the eggs and the beans and some black pudding and tea some tea a couple of slices of uh buttered toast where does the shame go some tomatoes some mushrooms well here, here you go honey uh anything else i can get for you this perfect morning? as always you seem to be a little uh distracted this morning uh, you know, just uh just you know, working on a few things you know personal improvement and whatnot that's good uh, personal improvement's always a good thing if you need anything else just come on by i'll make it i'll whip it up for you good thank you no problem you, you have you seen roy yet I, I, he asked me to get him something and i don't see him anyway Look at my watch. Uh, well, if my brother is my brother and he is, he should be walking into the cafeteria in uh, about 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Just going to take my tray and keep walking down the line. And uh, you and Jack meet up at the table. So what did you get? I got breakfast. You don't say. So I was doing some digging last night through some of the lower level file systems that I have access to. And I think I might have stumbled onto something very important. I put it up on, on my art project project that I keep in my room. What, what did you find out? I don't want to spoil anything yet, but this might be the lead that's going to get me to the piece of information that proves that Delta Green is actually
actually behind everything. The cult, our body swaps, everything. I think it's all them, and they did this for a reason. Shh, keep that down. Some of you gonna need to keep to yourself till you can prove it. I also found documents proving the Earth is flat. Hollow Earth. That's a given. Roy strolls in, in his cap and gown. I'll trip. Lunch Lady Linda scurries her small, emaciated frame, lifts you up with unnatural strength. Hi, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You gotta be careful them long dresses that tend to get underneath the heels and whatnot. Yeah, this is definitely my first time wearing a dress, for sure. Honest. What can I get you this morning? I I, I know you're not partial to booberry. What are my options? I forget. I did make uh, some Count Chocula pancakes. Oh, that. That one. That one. Why don't you come on back here behind the counter? I got that little something you asked for, too. All right. Just don't stick your dick in the mashed potatoes this time. It's not lunchtime yet. It's not that kind of party. So she leads you back, and the guys are engulfed in conversation, so they don't even notice that you've come in, despite your falling out down. Uh, we noticed. We just totally ignored it, because this is par for the course behavior for Roy. She takes you back to the pantry, and you can see that uh, Lunch Lady Linda's already prepared a tray with the Count Chocula pancakes on it, and a couple strips of bacon. There's like a little tiny shot glass. I understand you're going to be doing some cooking later tonight, so I thought I might get you a little bit of sherry. Sick. Thanks, Linda. Anything for you, and she squeezes your cheek. And I'll take the shot right there. <laughs> now, now keep it on the down low if you don't mind. Oh, I'm just saving it for later. That's the only place it's safe. Good luck with that uh, dish you're cooking tonight, honey. And she gives you a wink and slaps your butt. I'll try and wink, but Roy can't. That's a thing. It just shuts his eyes. He just says wink in her face. <laughs> 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 and a few moments later, you guys see uh, Roy carrying a tray. Hey, fellas. <laughs> Oh, God, he found us again. Ah, you decided to join us, I see. I didn't try that hard. We can tell. What you dressed up for? I'm graduating today. You guys didn't know that? Oh, you finally finished high school. Getting your GED? Very funny. It's actually middle school graduation. Eighth grade? Wait, no, that's... (laughs) Sixth grade? You guys just can't help that I'm smarter than you. I get it. All right, now what do you have for me? I ordered breakfast. I also ordered breakfast. Tell them what you found out. So it turns out that from what I'm seeing here, that our two friendly friends we have here at Delta Green might be responsible for our body swaps, along with everything else here. I mean, think about it. How weird is it that as soon as all this is over and we're at a very convenient for them point where we need something, they just show up and sweep us away. I mean, it's a little too convenient, don't you think? Who makes brooms that big? That is fairly convenient. So, how are we getting out of here? We're not. I gotta graduate first. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Alright, uh, I check my watch. What time is it? It's time for you to get to watch. You don't have one either, dummy. Uh, we'll say it's about uh, 20 minutes to 9. It's about a quarter past a freckle. He just said that? I'm gonna quickly finish up my breakfast. I don't like to work out too close to eating. And then just sit back a little bit and relax. You guys going to the movie tonight? Uh, maybe. I've seen it. Which one? I'm going to use the movie as a cover to attempt to get into some of the more secure file rooms. I'm hoping with everybody being distracted by the movie and whatnot, it's uh, going to be a little easier than last time. You realize that not everyone goes to the movie, right? No, no, everybody. I, from what I've been told, I've, I've, several people have said that everyone is going to be there. Well, we're currently discussing whether or not we're going to be there, so I'm sure that some other people on this base would have that same conversation. No, 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 no. Everybody is going to be there. 
So I noticed that you got that black pudding there, dummy. Why do you, like, think you're British? I don't know what you're talking about. You're from Boston. You're really still holding on to that. We moved on quite some time ago. I don't think we did. I think just you did. So long as you don't try and dump any more tea into the harbor, we'll be just fine. We're not in Boston right now, dummy. How would I even do that? Don't dump in the tea either. Ask yourself these questions before you talk. If you excuse me, I need to go get my horse shoot before I head back to the farm and continue plowing for this season's plant. And I'm just going to stand up with my tray and leave. Bye. He's uh, scuttling away towards the uh, library. So you, what are you doing? You walking at uh, nine? Uh, I, I don't remember. Yeah, nine. All right. Well, I'm gonna clean my tray. I gotta get to uh, get to the gym. Why you clean your tray? They got people for that. Who's this Jim, and why are you so fond of him? All right. So I'm gonna stand up. Congratulations. Thanks. Bye bye. All right. So Jack uh, wanders away towards the gym, and Roy, you're there by yourself, finishing up your count chocolate pancakes. And I'll eat them. And they're good. Do you want to head off to the armory? Yes. Well, as you well know, the armory is Michael Bay's wet dream. From simple caltrops to heat-seeking shoulder-mounted missile launchers, Sergeant-at-Arms Quincy Q. Quince stocks the latest weaponry known to man, and then some. Beyond the guarded entrance is a series of security measures, including vocal recognition password, x-ray, retinal scanner, and foreign object detector, plus something to do with heat signatures. Once cleared, you're welcome to train on your weapon of choice to your heart's content. And you walk in and you see Quincy Q. Quince, who is a 62-year-old sergeant. He's dressed up in uniform. You're not quite sure what country of uniform it is, because it has some very strange symbols, but you do see the Delta Green uh, logo here and there. And he turns to you and he goes, Right, how's it going, Bruce? Me? Ah, yeah. My name's not Bruce. Ah, we're all Bruce on the inside. Oh, okay. Then it's going well, Bruce. Nice, nice. I reckon you're here to pick up a pea shooter? Not a pea shooter, but something. Ah, he gives you a wink. Let's get to it, eh? I've uh, laid things out for you. All right, first up, take a look at this beauty. All right, look as she is. Stainless steel, 32 caliber slide action. Easy to conceal, light to hold. I've made a couple modifications, as is my want. Lengthen the butt slightly. Gives you half again as many shots. Cuts down on reload. This one's named Long Sleeves. Give her a test run. And he hands over this beautiful 32 automatic that holds 12 in the clip rather than 8. And can shoot 15 yards, I think that's standard actually, and does 1d8. So what you can do at this stage is use your firearms capability to roll three times. One, two, three. I need a 30. I got a 29, an 81, and a 30. That's two successes and a fail. Okay. So you feel pretty good about that, right? Uh, you hit your target pretty well near the, the center, and then uh, then you failed on one, so that was a little bit of a miss. It's absolutely like, as he says, it's very light, but the uh, the firing seems to, the trigger seems to be very responsive, so you can get off your rounds pretty quick. I do like that. I do. Nice. We'll try this with Next Feast Your Eyes on Cockatiel. Standard Beretta. A bit bulkier, but see this here? That's a very small laser sight. If you aim careful and squeeze off one round... Well, Bruce, chances are that broadside of the bond won't be last standing if you catch my drift. And he hands over another handgun. It's a Beretta M9. And this one, if you attempt a single shot rather than three, you get it to roll with advantage. All right, I'll take the three shots just because it's, you know, training. So, And I'm going to fail a lot. Uh, fail, fail, 
fail. So yeah, that, that one was a bit heavier. So maybe you're just not used to uh, how it fits in your hand and actually has a bit more of a recoil, particularly when you fire off three shots. So you kind of understand that the laser sight isn't that uh, much of an advantage when you're firing off three shots. So you can see that pretty clearly here. Well, last but not least, I've made a few tweaks on our DG45 Auto, board the barrel and whatnot, which gives this lassie a little extra oomph if you need distance. And this one shoots 20 yards rather than 15 yards. Ooh, ooh, distance, distance. All right, let's shoot it. Fail, fail. Hard success. All right, so the first two, you were sort of getting used to the recoil and uh, tweaking your aim slightly. And so that very last shot, you honed it in and and just managed to peg the uh, bullseye. Well, Bruce, uh, which one do you like the best? This is your graduation gift, after all. Go for the biggest one. Size matters. I gotta stay with the uh, the original choice, because with my shooting, ammo is always important. Well, good choice, Bruce. Now, don't go chasing waterfalls or shooting phones out of other Bruce's hands. It'll treat you right if you treat it right. We'll have it ready for you tomorrow. If you need any other equipment of the deadly variety, check in with me before your field assignment. Assuming you get one. Quincy gives you a knowing wink, then excuses himself to tutor other trainees. Wink. And we'll move along to Rocky. The library is a massive repository of books, curiously absent of periodicals or occult material. There are no computers here, though there are cubicles set up for residents who bring their laptops. Head librarian and mystery novel buff Kenny Foreman holds court, happy to engage anyone in long conversation about how the works of William Burroughs are thematically similar to the masters of chivalric romance poetry songs in the 14th century. Plus... He plays a mean game of chess. Walk into the library and pretend to straighten my tie. Oh, there he is. Check out the big brain. I trust that you have everything set up and ready to go. Absolutely. You ready to lose your shirt? Oh, I assure you this is... is I've, I've, been, I've been working on this. It's, we're not going to have a repeat of last week. Well, have a seat. Have a seat, man. It's good to see you. I'm going to sit down on the other side of the table from him. All right. And he's got the chess set all up there. And uh, do you choose white or black? Tell you what, Kenny, because I'm feeling confident this week, you get to choose white or black. All right. Well, always bet on black, so you can play white this round. And uh, I think you got the opening move, my friend. I want to move the one that looks like a little horse. <laughs> Knowing what I do about his strategies in all the previous games we, he, we've played together, I've kind of started forming a little playbook of the way he likes to do things, and I'd have my own like counter strategies. So we're just going to make a, a fairly standard opening move and see where he goes from there. Hmm. That's an interesting opening, Rocky. I've never seen you use that before. What agenda are you hiding? Who says I'm hiding anything? Go ahead and give me an intelligence roll, please. Uh, I needed a 6 I rolled a 31. That's a success. And the game proceeds a little bit more. After about 15 minutes, uh, he kind of looks at you smiling over the chessboard and says, Bad move. And he reaches over and he says, Knight takes bishop. That's a pretty steep sacrifice. Not sure I would have had the guts to risk it. Was that your day job before joining our little team? Risk assessment? I assessed many things back in the day. Risks not being the only thing. Were you, were you like a office manager or something? Depends on how you define office and how you define manager, but I guess in some sense, yes. We need all the big brains we can get. Go ahead and give me a roll of education, please. I rolled an 80. I needed a 53. That's a success. That's the other way, buddy. You needed an 80. You rolled a 53. <laughs> After about another 10 minutes, things are starting to get a little dire. You've lost pieces here and there. Uh, it's all part of the plan. Yes, you make a really nice move against him, and he says, Ouch! Didn't see that coming. Man, you're, 
You're always playing like six moves ahead. Six moves in several dimensions, yes. Oh, uh, I heard you might be getting a field assignment soon. You up for that? I mean, it wouldn't be anything new. I've spent some. I've spent years in the field before. I mean, oh, uh, then you know what it's like. I mean, take it from me, it can get mighty lonely out there on the road. Well, unfortunately for me, usually whenever I go out, my brother is usually stuck next to me. That happened like twice, so I don't. I also used to have uh, an assistant of mine named Declan, but he's well. That's another story for another time. Declan, that, that rings a bell for some reason. Uh, didn't we have an agent here at some point? couple of months back? Yes, he was stuck inside someone else's body, rotting corpse. It was it was not pretty. Well, anyways, back to the game. Uh, why don't you give me a psychology roll? I needed an 80. I rolled a 47. That's a success. After three quarters of an hour, most chess pieces have left the board, leaving only half a dozen each. These next few moves are critical, you know. Kenny is grinning at you with anticipation. Come on, big brain. Your move. Going to move to one of my pieces and kind of hold there for a second, think about it. And as you think about it, you can see a clear path to checkmate him. And then I'm going to quickly move over and make the other move that I was looking at. And he sort of sits back in his chair. He's like, man. And he reaches out his hand to shake yours. Kiss it. I give my hand and shake. He shakes your hand enthusiastically and says, uh, Rocky, you are one formidable opponent. Oh, I thank you. You too. I haven't had competition like this since Karpov. Let me tell you, if you ever want to go pro, I'll join your team. Don't tell Legrasse, though. She might not like me poaching her crew. He laughs and then slaps your shoulder and then gets up, picks up a stack of books, and disappears into one of the rows. Make sure he's gone. Yes! Let's move along to Jack. The gym looks as though M.C. Escher designed it, with help from Salvador Dali. Walls and floors intersect at odd angles. Surreal paint schemes contrast with chaotically colored equipment, yet somehow it all works. At any given hour, there might be a team of cyclists pedaling to the beat of Mariah Carey, or a quartet of acrobatic young men scaling one wall by their fingertips, or a school of swimmers backstrokes synchronized as they lap from end to end of the massive pool. Everywhere you look, taut and toned skin glistens. But none of it belongs to Jacqueline. She's probably running late. Maybe you should start on something to warm up? Should do some kegels. I'm going to find an empty mat and just start doing some stretching. A face appears sort of upside down over your face. (laughs) It's Jacqueline. And she is short and lanky and quite muscular. A redhead. She looks like she's in her early 30s. How's it going? Uh, It's going pretty well. Nice of you to show up. Work out all the kinks? Not yet. Why don't you grab my foot and give a push? And she does so. That way I can get my hamstrings. Hamstrings are his kink. Don't shame me. But kink shaming is my kink. I heard you were here at the gym yesterday. Sorry, I missed you. What were you working on? Mainly elliptical. I, I just I just needed a, a little bit of time by myself. Yep, but it felt great. Got those endorphins pumping. How many reps did you do? Uh, I was on the elliptical for about an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, nice. I, I just did twice that. Oh, did earlier you? Earlier today. Did you? Yeah, it limbers me Is that up, why I didn't you know. see you today? I had to get a quick drink of water. Did you? You know. Yeah. You noticed that her uh, workout clothes seem to be conspicuously dry. I am a detective. Okay, well, why don't you get up after you're done lumbering and i got to sign off on your training. So let's see what you got. One mile run. Go. I start running. And she runs alongside you. Why don't you give me a con roll? Needed a 70, I rolled a 23. Now I'm hard. It's harder to run that way, but I'll try. You easily outpace her. Oh, of course. I look over my left shoulder as I'm running and pull away a little bit further. You stop at the uh, one mile mark 
and she catches up to you just seconds later. And I actually stop right before the line of the one-mile mark, and as she's getting close, I step over. She gives you a wink and a smile. Her teeth are gleamingly white. Even though she lost, her eyes are sort of twinkling with mirth. I grab her by her chin and her forehead and suck on her eye. You also notice that she has not yet broken a sweat, but you're kind of drenched. Need a breather? Nope, I'm ready to go. Time for some free weights. Gotta get those meaty muscles popping, am I right? Nothing's free, Jackie. I step over to the bench press. 800 pounds, put it on. <laughs> Unbreakable. Where's my spotter? <laughs> go ahead and give me a strength roll, please. I needed an 80. I rolled a 34 again. Hard, but I'm working through it. She watches you pump up some free weights. Yes, yeah, she does. She wants you to pump it up. She motions to a, a nearby trainee to spot you. Then she hops over onto the bench next to you, puts on about 50 pounds more than you, and matches your reps. Even though your energy level is dropping, hers is unflappable. She's better than you. She gives you another wink and she says, one more to go. What do you say? Have you hit the wall or should we hit the wall? She points excitedly at the climbing wall near the back of the gym. It towers over you 70 feet high. I look at it and roll my eyes go, after I kick your ass, you need to tell me your secret. And I run to the wall and start climbing. No safety tie. And go ahead and give me a dex roll, please. I needed a 60. I rolled a 36. That's a success. She climbs alongside you. Uh, You're both actually anchored with a security harness. She basically outpaces you yet again, scaling that wall at a speed that you're unable to match. Maybe that first race took it out of you. I need the enhancements. Natural male enhancements. And just for fun, as she waits for you at the top, she sort of waits until you're getting really close to her. And then she taps the top of the wall and then scales all the way down on the harness. I grab her by her ankle and whip her down. Brian goes, catch me and just lets go and falls backwards. No one's on the other end for the counterweight. <laughs> again, the dust pile around me. Wally the- Coyote. Super genius. Oof. Well, that's it. You're done. You collapse to the mat on the floor, staring up at the ceiling. Without a word, Jacqueline kneels beside you and begins massaging your calves methodically. Her face is stoic now, thoughtful, and she stares off, almost purposely not looking at you. Once you leave, I won't have anyone else to train. That's kind of sad, don't you think? Come with me, Jackie. We can make our way in this crazy world. This isn't Logan's Runs, buddy. Making our way in the world today requires everything you got. Well, for what it's worth, you've been a great trainee. It's been fulfilling to see you blossom into an actual human. She smirks, then holds out her hand. You grasp it, and she hauls you to your feet. The two of you stand silently for what seems like too long, holding hands, looking into each other's eyes. Your breath expels onto her face, causing her hair to stir. You had pork belly for breakfast, didn't you? I grab her by the chin and the forehead and suck her eye. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I get it. I'm, I'm gonna go brush my teeth. Yeah, Linda really likes cumin. Jacqueline changes her grip until you realize she is now shaking your hand never breaking eye contact. It's been a pleasure, Jack. Give me a shout if Lagrasse changes her mind about sending you into the field. And before you can summon words to answer, Jacqueline has already moved away, heading to the locker room. So the three of you are now getting dang close to your 10 a.m. with Lagrasse for the briefing. The briefing room is all business, featuring a series of soundproofed glass-walled meeting spaces with comfortable office chairs and sturdy tables. Whenever you've been summoned to this side of the facility by Director Lagrasse, there have been at least four or five other meetings going on at the same time, the participants looking hopeful or concerned or downright frightened, their faces silent masks of emotion trapped behind glass. 
You get the distinct impression that wars against otherworldly evil are being planned in this area. Lagrasse is waiting for you in one of these rooms. I'll step right up and guess which room! Okay, I'll take the first one on the left. You go down the hallway to the right, and Roy, uh... I'll take the mystery box. Well, as I said, these are uh, have glass walls, so you can see clearly where she is. I'll go in that one, and I win. So Roy opens the door, and Lagrasse looks up as you enter and slides some paperwork she'd been working on into a plain folder. Her smile is perfunctory. And how has the morning gone so far for my new recruits? Awesome. Productive. It's been happening. Why don't each of you give me a D100, please? 19. 58. 39. So, Roy, since you were first one into the office, uh, you noticed as she was sliding this paper, poking out of the folder, you can see just two words, and they are Operation Retoxification. If only he had learned to read. Lagrasse continues to watch you intently, sizing you up. You're used to the scrutiny by now. I've been following your progress at the facility. Your instructors give you high marks, which confirms my hunch that you would be Delta Green material in the long run. What do you think? Are you ready for a real field assignment? Yes. I mean, there's not much you can throw at me that I haven't already seen. Might as well, right? I'm so big and strong. My name's Rocky. I do things. Oh, my name is Roy. I like to work all around in a cap and gown and nothing else on underneath. Hi, I just like to talk as myself, and I'm ready. She considers your responses for a moment and then nods as if an answer to a question only she can hear. Very well. I understand Professor Bertman has a final test for you in the science department after this meeting. He will report the results later this afternoon, and if all goes well, the four of us will meet again tomorrow morning to go over the operation details. Any questions? What time tomorrow morning? We can meet at the same time, 10 o'clock. Should I study? Too late now, dude. Oh, well, you'll have to speak with him. Any other questions? I'm very busy today. Okay, too busy to talk to us. I'm all set. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm going to stand up quickly and walk out. And I never sat down because I'm efficient. Hopefully I see you tomorrow. And she disappears out of the briefing room and moves south to where you know the uh, administration offices are. I'm going to immediately go to the sciences. Which kind of science do you guys think this is going to be? Is it like geology? I just want to get there as quick as I can to see what I need to study. I'll trip him. See if I can cram for three minutes. <laughs> All right, so the three of you move to the sciences department. And if David Cronenberg's next film had an unlimited budget, the set might look similar to the sciences division of Delta Green. Professor Bert Bertman, a thin, pale-skinned, prematurely aged man in his late 40s with receding corn husk hairline and Coke bottle glasses, moves to and fro, simultaneously spouting theory and coaxing would-be mad scientists to unknown heights of experimentation. Beakers froth with glowing green liquid. Computer consoles collect data from isolation chambers sprouting enough probes that they resemble oversized porcupines. Hamsters scurry through a series of yellow plastic tubes which seem to extend along every wall and every corner beneath every table. It feels like Frankenstein's laboratory meets Double Dare, yet there is a strange method at play which feels exhilarating as if a new discovery is just about to happen. Roy, I know I made the joke last time we were in here, but don't drink anything. Uh, no. I'm gonna. You telling me not to drink anything just makes me thirsty. So it's kind of like a mixture of science and R&D? I mean, that's what you've gathered over the three months that uh, you've been training with Burt Burtman and the rest of the trainees here. But he's got basically all these different labs things. And then finally he notices you. Oh, thank goodness you're here. Uh, follow me, follow me. And he practically floats away toward one corner of the lab. Ooh. <laughs> 
As you trace his path as best you can, avoiding cables and stacks of books and light brights plugged into car batteries, you notice he's wearing Heelys. Oh, nice. Science. Good choice. Helps me get around, he calls back. At my age, time is more valuable than money, you might say. Now take a gander at this. He pushes a button on a remote control kept in the pocket of his lab coat. Oh, God, put that away, man. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> Which causes one section of the wall to open up. Beyond is a small chamber in the middle of which sits a sleek pod-like structure with smooth metallic slats, some of which are splayed open like sun-seeking flower petals to reveal the interior, which is upholstered in red leather and built to accommodate four people standing upright. This is my latest invention, a virtual reality training environment I like to call the Cathartic Arena. I named it for all the therapy I had to endure after catching my ex-husband in bed with another man. Hey yo! I kid, I kid. But really, it was traumatic to say the least. May he rot in hell. Anyway, I've updated the firmware this morning, and you've been selected for the maiden voyage, so to speak. The program is very simple. You play three adventurers, a warrior with an axe, a wizard with a fireball spell, and a priest with healing powers. The point of this exercise is to work together, solve puzzles, vanquish enemies, and collect treasures before reaching the dungeon exit. In my simulated models, it should take you about 30 minutes tops. Any questions? Who, who gets to play who? I'm the I'm the X. That's up to you. You you can choose anyone you want. I, I call shotgun on the wizard with the fireball. Okay, I'm the healer. Ah, uh, loser. Very well, very well. Loser. We'll step on in. I mean, when you have all those choices, well, who, who I'm the healer. Loser. Loser. I cast heal. So you take your place inside the pod, nestled into one of the red leather pockets. Bert straps you in, dropping a cushioned brace over your shoulders like one of those upright roller coaster rides. Not to worry, he says. This is just to prevent vertigo. The pod doesn't actually move, but VR can produce the sensation of movement. Now, if you please, gently push your head back against the pressure-sensitive pillow rest. A spike stabs into the back of your brain. (laughs) You're now in the Matrix. (laughs) As you do so, several flat straps of material erupt from the pillow to completely envelop your skull, leaving just your nose and mouth free. This tightly assembled helmet is surprisingly comfortable, but blocks out all light. You are effectively blind. Alrighty then, Bert continues. You're plugged in. Give me a couple minutes to fire up the visuals. You hear his footfalls recede some distance, followed by the unmistakable sound of hydraulics. You realize the pod is closing. A soft pressure in your eardrums marks the moment you're sealed into the womb-like structure completely. Moments pass. You can hear each other breathing, but that's it. This game sucks. Garden, is that you? Hey, Birdie. (laughs) Bert, can you hear us? There's no response. You can just hear yourselves. So we can hear each other? You can hear each other. Okay. I'll kick Rocky. You can't reach him across the pod. I'll shoot Rocky. New gun. Three rolls. Are my hands free? Uh, They're sort of restricted by that cushion that's locked down. So you do have a bit of hand movement, presumably to activate the VR motion sensors, but you can't lift them up to your head. They won't go all the way up. So you're saying I can't raise the roof. It's a sad day indeed when one cannot raise the roof. Suddenly, the bands encircling your head begin to glow with a soft white light. Oh, I didn't know I'd be working on my tan. Sorry about that. Bert's voice comes from somewhere right next to your ears in a glorious surround sound. Forgot to reboot after the latest Windows update. I kid, I kid. This guy's funny. No, but really, those damn downloads are bigger than they ought to be. Anyway, uh, who's ready to go dungeon diving? Well, I mean, if you would update your computer's past Windows Vista. True, true. You hear the sound of someone typing on a keyboard, followed by a robotic-sounding female voice in your ear. Initiating program. Cathartic Arena Training version 2.37. Reticulating splines. Collapsing (laughs) database. 
injecting LSD into eyeballs. Ha ha. Just kidding. <laughs> Initializing LED display. At this stage, the glow intensifies to become a limitless field of white light, causing you to squint. Display maximized, the robotic voice confirms, interpreting models, reticulating more splines. All signs point toward yes. Loading. 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 Launching simulation. You feel the floor beneath your feet drop suddenly with another hydraulic hiss. You are now suspended in midair, a speck of matter floating in a ghostly blank nothingness. Generating avatars in three, two, one. There is a snapping sound in each ear as the display goes completely dark. You scan the blackness for any indication of light, your pupils widening to process any information it can glean. Then, for the briefest of seconds, three words flash in front of your eyes. Socket, error, success. Task failed successfully. Then the phrase is gone, replaced by an unexpected scene, fully and realistically rendered beyond any virtual reality game you've ever played. You are standing in the meticulously detailed kitchen of Blaine Manor. Only, either the mansion grew by four sizes, or you've shrunk 75%. Honey, I shrunk the secret agents. All right, guys, we're here for a reason. Look around what seems out of place other than the size. You turn around expecting to see your two companions, but instead there sit two cats. <coughs> One is busy cleaning itself. The other, tail twitching in annoyance, opens its mouth and says, in Roy's voice, This cannot be happening right meow. God damn it, Jeremy. <laughs> Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. That's awesome. I'm a cat. Oh, this is going to be cool. I just want to go see the three amigos. <laughs> I hope we're out of this in time. Now it's time for some hashtag recommendos, so please roll D100. 39. Hashtag 26. 7. So my recommendo for this episode is the movie Under the Silver Lake. 2018, directed by David Robert Mitchell, who also directed It Follows... Starring Andrew Garfield from The Amazing Spider-Man. He plays a young man living in Los Angeles who becomes infatuated with a pretty young woman who lives in his apartment complex. But when she goes missing, he decides to find her and becomes embroiled in strange conspiracies. And this is basically an extended homage to Vertigo, uh, using tropes from film noir and emulating masters like Alfred Hitchcock. It's a very funny movie, almost to the point of being an homage to The Big Lebowski. So I think Gabe would really enjoy that. It does clock in at over two hours, but it's so hilarious and weird and visually engaging it flies by. I first heard about this from Fantastic Fest a couple years back, and it had been on my watch list for quite some time. Uh, it sort of received some mixed reviews and I think primarily because it is a bit longer, so some folks maybe tuned out, but I really found it engaging and hilarious and just strange beyond measure. I will say that there is a, um, a dog killer on the loose, and even though you don't see acts of violence really against the dogs. There is a one scene of uh, the aftermath, so for sensitive viewers, that might be a little rough. There's a lot of sex. Garfield certainly sheds his uh, squeaky clean image of superheroism there. He plays a, a lovable loser, but also just kind of an asshole. It's a lot of fun, and I rated it very highly. Uh, it's one of the best movies I've seen so far this year. That's Under the Silver Lake, and right now, you can find it on Amazon Prime. Alright, how about you, Gabe? I'm gonna recommend a documentary that I watched last night. Pretty 
late last night, so if it sucks, it's because it was late and I thought it was good. It's called Punk. It's about punk rock made by Iggy Pop who invented punk rock, and I always love that extreme level of music and all that, and I think it's just really interesting because it's basically the perspective of how punk rock happened, and it's told entirely by the people in it. So it's told by musicians and like writers at the time. And it's just interesting to see how they all reacted to each different level of punk. That was a four-part series. It's from Epics. It's very interesting if you like if you like that kind of music. And even if you don't, maybe if you lived through that time, it might be interesting to you as well. It's just simply called punk. And Matthew. So for the first new game of the new chapter, I'm diving back into the early access pool and saying that everyone should go have a look-see at a game called Not For Broadcast. So what it is, is it takes place in an alternate 1980s. Uh, You're a janitor at a television studio, but one day you happen to walk in and the guy who normally runs the nightly news just decides he doesn't want to do it anymore and he leaves that job up to you. So you stumble into this world where you're now in control of the news. You choose... You know, what ads play, you show, you choose the camera angles, you choose the headlines, and it's up to you to keep this show going no matter what. Whether you're having technical difficulties or if there's a storm going on outside, which is short-circuiting things and you have to reset the electrical panel in the middle of a broadcast, uh, it's really fun game. It can get really hectic at times, but that's part of the fun. My favorite thing so far is all of the news segments are FMV, so it's actual, like, video that they've recorded with real people, and it's absolutely hilarious. So there's a lot of places you can go wrong. There's a lot of things where it's like you're in control. You get to decide, is this something that we want to put out? It's a little bit of, you know, propaganda control. It's There's a whole lot to it, and I love it. Even though it only just came out recently, and they're not fully done with it yet, what's there? is absolutely amazing and totally worth getting into. So Not For Broadcast is available on Steam in early access right now for our 15 bucks. All right, that sounds like fun. Brian, wrap it up for us. So I'm going to do The Witcher on Netflix. The Witcher... Geralt is a mutant that hunts monsters. His whole goal is to to rid the world of the evil monsters that are out there. Through the story that's being told, he, he's finding out that the people are a little bit more wicked than the monsters, so he's got to be careful on all fronts. He basically is for hire, so if anybody, any town he goes to, if they're looking to hire uh, someone to, to ward off a monster or kill a monster or anything like that, he'll take the coin. And that's really what he lives by, is, is the coin more than anything else. So you think until he starts to investigate and you realize that his conscience takes over the majority of the time. I really got into it. I've only played The Witcher 3 video game. If people are familiar with the games, The Witcher 3 is just a part of the TV series. You'd get a lot more information if you actually go watch the series or read the books. Check it out. It's The Witcher on Netflix. And that's it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave Brian a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels, including Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server, where you can chat with me, Brian, Matt, Gabe, in real time. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. 
And if someone can please rescue me from all these impending clawful cat puns, you can find me on Twitter at the Real Weird Kid. And if somebody wants to make a merch of me, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. And uh, I, I don't know why I picked Healer, because I'm going to get eaten by a cat. <laughs> it's not going to help me much from the inside, I don't think. But you can reach me and let me know how that can help at Brian Podcasts on Twitter. That would be quite unfortunate if you did get lost. I hate you. Meow, wait a minute. I have a chance. Perhaps you do. It's possible. Until next time, roll for hairballs. <laughs> the Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2020. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. We'll get there one of these days, guys. Don't worry. No, we won't. Just do it when I do it, guys. It's not that hard. (laughs) Just do it. Everybody just match with Gabe. It's Edit funny. and insert all of us standing behind Gabe at his house clapping. <laughs> we did it with That's you. That's only if that second and thing happens, to Brian, pictures. where you're not paying attention earlier. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, McKenna's been in my office. That's a what balloon. Is, it? is that a balloon? Yes. Yeah. You're pop a balloon. It into the microphone. It's one of those bop, bop, bop balloons. That's the uh, technical term. Me? You uh, heard what I said. But, 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 but. Butt balloons. All right, let's go. <clears throat> From Herbert West Industries, the butt balloon. There's a new sleep aid out there that eliminates the need for electronics. You take one pill before bed, and it has the built-in alarm of your choice at the time that you'd like to wake up. Our test subject, Matt, took one last night. How did that go for you? This is a really weird dream. I mean, at least I'm wearing pants this time, so I guess that's an upgrade. You know what? You give me a second. I'm going to go talk to the guys in R&D. We'll, we'll get this all straightened out. Don't worry about it. I've been told by my legal team that I'm not allowed to say that this thing doesn't work. It's the best thing ever. Two stars. How many? Two stars. Okay. What was the name of the product? Sleep Right. So go buy Sleep Right. It helps you wake up and sleep. At least I think I'm awake. I'm not quite sure yet. It does feel like a lucid dream, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Go back to sleep. Hey, Jeremy, when did you get a walrus head? I've always had it under my bed. Uh, but then I'll get that reduction surgery and it'll go away. <gasps> Don't ever get it reduced. Keep it bulbous and pulsating. But the tusks hurt. Well, you know what they say about reducing, reusing, and recycling. And impaling. Knew a guy named Vlad did a whole lot of impaling. The most compelling part of the podcast, listening to Jeremy type things in the background while we're all sitting here awkwardly waiting. He's just going to pick it up and fold it in half and just... Hell yes. Put some bacon in the middle, just like a taco. Mm. Count chocolate taco with bacon in the center. Making bacon pancakes. Sign me up. Sign me up. If we haven't sat down yet, though, I know those graduation caps and gowns have really flimsy uh, zippers on the back. <laughs> Mine zipped up in the front. <laughs> I established that oh. earlier. How'd you get the beans above the franks? <laughs> There's a lot of space for me to bring it out and zip up. <laughs> I wish I was cleaning myself. <laughs> Can I reach down there? I can. <laughs>